Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. You sound a little different. Well, I finally got myself a better microphone. Well, that might explain it. Yeah, so uh, this is our first episode recording with uh, Eddie's new mic, so if you hear some inconsistencies or have some notes on audio quality, let us know. Obviously, we're, we did a little bit of test recording, but we're not audiophiles. We're not, uh, we're not like sitting here with soundboards. This is a, uh, this is an amateur production, even though I've been doing podcasting for a good seven years. But the first episode with, with new hardware is always an experiment, Eddie. So we will not take it personally if, if folks have some notes for us. Nope. I'm more than willing to take notes. Exactly. But I think I think people will notice the difference. I certainly have so far as we discuss this. Uh, what one did you end up picking up? Uh, it's, uh, I think Blue Yeti Snowball, it was called. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, you told me what to pick up because I'm probably even less of an audiophile than you and <laughs> looked at the list when I looked up, searched Yeti Snowball or whatever, and it was just so long. It's like, I have no clue where to go from here. Yeah, it's interesting because when we started this podcast, I had uh, an email from Phil, who used to run the Fire Emblem Heroes podcast, the, why am I blanking on it? The Phaeology podcast, sorry. I was going to say, I thought Phil was started after us and it was Phaeology. Yeah, he started after us, Phaeology, he had emailed us and I had given him some pointers on, on picking up a mic. And the Snowball, the Yeti Snowball, is a great entry level mic. A co-host on my co-host on Zamp, Lou, he he uses a, uh, a a blue Snowball mic. I have a blue Yeti, and I've had this thing since I started podcasting, and it's been a, a great asset. But a little more expensive than the Snowball we found. I think we found it for what fifty bucks US for you. Something around there, yep. Yeah. And I had Prime, so no shipping to worry about. Yep, and you got it, and you have it, and we're we're gonna podcast into it, in and around it for the next uh, the next you know about an hour as we discuss Fire Emblem Heroes, and as always, we start with the banner updates, some key ones to take note on. Season for picnics goes until the nineteenth of May. Darkness within goes until the thirtieth of May, and Heroes with Wrath goes for another two days. Such a delightful listing of banners, Eddie. As always, I want to start with you because obviously. You, you have the summons. How'd you do? Uh, well, I did get screwed over on those Hero Fest banners uh, because they decided the when the special quest for the first summon tickets early in the middle of the day, and I had to go to work, so I wasn't able to collect them before they vanished on me. Uh, but on the Darkness Within banner, I did hop in and uh, got nothing special with my free summon. Uh, but... Uh, some point within my first two summon tickets, I did get a Nina pity break, uh, but I did end up managing to get Marita, uh, which actually was the unit I wanted the least because I really have no clue who she is. Not much. You know, all that I know about her came from my research this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did get Tiki on the same wheel, so that was a nice little bonus. Uh, with my last two first summon tickets from the Forging Bonds, I did... Uh, not getting anything of note on those, uh, but I kind of really wanted to get the corn. Uh, so I dove back in and ended up getting uh, another Nina and a Brave Hector pity break. I can't remember for sure if they were on the same wheel or 
like one wheel apart, I got one, and then when I started the next wheel, I got the other. Um, but I kept going and ended up getting Burkut. Um, like I said, I really wanted Corrin, so I set myself an orb limit, hopped back in, and I did manage to get Corrin on one of my last few pulls. So nice. I did end up getting all four of our new Fallen heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly different, but same theme with the purple fire around them. Yeah, I, I think this one snuck under our radar. I know we didn't discuss it last week, and we probably is it around this time that fallen heroes just i mean we don't have the answer off the top of our head that's fine but i'm just thinking like feels if like i'm recalling correctly if i'm recalling correctly i thought the fallen heroes was back in january last year actually yeah so, i'm kind of thinking early you know january, late winter February or something so yeah and I, I guess late winter doesn't help you being in a in a two-season state uh but yeah <laughs> my winter uh what is what is this winter you speak of florida's uh canadian migration we'll say the end of the migration period for canadians heading south (laughs) winter that one week in florida where it suddenly gets actually cold for a day or two what's actually cold not to talk about weather here but i'm curious like what true it is comparatively cold but probably down below 50 okay and 50 i'm i'm an odd 50 fahrenheit i'm an odd duck in that i grew up in maryland Mm-hmm. So when the Floridians are, uh, you know, bundled up in heavy coats and stuff in the '60s, I'm like, it's not too bad out. But yeah, that's. I guess that's all right. I uh, we'll, we'll 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 cut you some slack. But it is nice. It is nice when you're used to both both pools and you can kind of you can kind of show off your skills of being able to live. Look, I can live in the cold and not complain. I'm cool in Florida. Ice cold. Uh, it's. The the best part about it really is more just that in the winter I just shut the usually just shut the AC off and open my window. Ooh, I love that Where feeling. Mo- most Floridian most Floridians who grew up and lived here their whole life will have the heat on. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I apologize for taking us on that tangent, but I I want to say we're going to talk about these heroes in a little bit. I'm glad you got them all because I think they all from an art perspective look cool and we'll dive into each of them when we get to that point but i did i did want to say that from from my perspective not only these heroes people that i i know and like but the art is also really cool and they've done some good stuff here but uh we'll certainly go case by case in a little bit um i know most of them yeah well, one of them i really don't know anything about as i mentioned <laughs> well you know more than me because i gave you that character to write a, uh do a write-up on <laughs> true so, uh, but in terms of my summons, I've uh, basically got nothing. I think last week when we were recording, or shortly after, I got a I got an Olwyn randomly from the Golden Week banners, and I think it was just it was the, I and I think she's correct me if I'm wrong, but she's related to Reinhardt in some fashion. Yes, I believe she's Reinhardt's sister. Yeah, so well, I, Reinhardt I is like a villain in his game, and she chooses not to follow him or chooses her own path yeah. which he respects i think if i recall correctly but so i got him and or her sorry her i knew it was her from the beginning um i think, think she might be from thracia as well like uh our new marita here Ooh, so two characters i know nothing about Nailed it. Uh, I, I do plan to, to pull... The reason I probably don't have a lot more to say is I actually haven't gone through Forging Bonds and uh, don't have any of those f- uh, first summoning tickets, but on my free summon, I didn't get any. And, and really, I think I'm 
I'm pulling, I think I already decided I was going to pull colorless and blue because I, I would like Burkut and I think the co there's two colorless units sharing. I think it's, it's correct me if I'm wrong, it's Corrin and, or is it Corrin? No, yes, it is Corrin and Tiki. Yeah, Corrin and Tiki. Two colorless dragons. I forgot to double check, but I think uh, they're our first non-heroic or non-legendary slash mythic uh, colorless dragons. Oh really? And there are. Oh. I'd have to double check. There are no seasonal ones, but I mean, the first uh, colorless dragon we got was legendary Robin, and then we got uh, Mythic Duma. I think those are the only other two colorless dragons in the game at this point. Hmm. I'll have to look into that. Uh, speaking of forging bonds, did you did you get very far? I mean, I, I got a little bit into it, but I, I probably obviously didn't get as far as you if you got the tickets. Yep, I got all four of the uh, first summon tickets. I think um, I got Corn's secondary uh, accessory because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the times when I was playing, Corn had the uh, bonus. Uh, you know how they pick a color to have you know a higher chance of dropping. Yeah. Of course, the funniest thing is half the time when I'm doing it, it's like everyone but the color that's supposed to be the most common. Sometimes it feels like that's what's going on. Right. But I think so. Yeah, I've got all of Corn's uh, conversations. I think I'm still missing the A group conversation, so the final group conversation. And if not everyone else's final, you know, their quote unquote S conversation or top conversation, I think Corn's the only one I've gotten. I might have gotten one other. Yeah. So, how do you feel about the story so far? Uh, they're kind of so Fiorm having wandered into some haunted forest or something, and she's encountering each of these characters and their flaws. And I, th I think as you progress, what I've seen is each character is kind of starting off as their themselves, and then you kind of see this like transfer, transform, not transformation, but a dipping into them as they're fallen version does that sound correct to you at well, least the beginning it's it seemed more the opposite to me for okay. most of them most of them it seems they'll uh maybe in that first conversation they were starting in their normal versions but you know in the personal conversations it felt like they were talking in their uh you know darkness and consumed version and then came to their well most of them came to their senses you know or Maybe Marita did start with good and then started shifting over to the taking over by the sword. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know Marita, so I don't know how it fits with her. But Corin kind of makes sense with how I feel how uh, we quote unquote summon this version of Corin. Tiki makes sense for the way she was in her chapter when we fought her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Rakut, the completely lost that unrepentant self that he is when he's like this in Echoes fits perfectly with the way I recall him being. Yeah, and I thought so, it was really cool how Fiorm is talking to these fallen heroes and remembering them as the as the summoned characters from the game. And I mean, we've had so long with Burkut and Tiki and all the rest of the characters that you can kind of 
you can kind of agree with what what she's saying, you know, in that remembering them as their summoned version, or I guess in the in their our case, normal their, version. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, usually, the forging bond stories are are more about those characters being integrated with the current slot of characters, specifically with mm-hmm. the beast units that have been coming in. Um, yep. But it's really cool to see the fallen heroes kind of getting that more like psychiatric look, you know, whereas Fjorm, it sounds, it feels to me like Fjorm is trying to like understand these, these folks for some reason. I don't know why she is or putting herself in such danger. Well, she knows them as the normal versions and doesn't know about their issues. Although the odd one out is the fact that we don't have a Marita for her to know. Oh, that's true. This uh, would theoretically be the only Marita she knows so far. Yeah. Marita's not yet in the game. But I guess she hasn't. I guess that's the one character she hasn't really been interacting with in that same vein. So I don't know. I think her first encounter with her talked like she knew her, but you know. So maybe they're saying that this force makes their fears of their dark inner darkness come true or something. I don't know. I mean, the Tiki fits as if we had summoned her before you talked to her with Bantu while. Uh, what's his name? Creepy old dude. Garneth is whispering in her ear. You know? Mm-hmm. And... So. But it's good. I've been really yep. enjoying Forging Bonds and getting there. I'm going to have to devote some more time to it before it disappears. But, yeah. It's been good so far. Yes. has been quite interesting. Um, yeah, I haven't done much else. I've been busy in other games and other events going on. So, But we do have events coming up in Heroes here. Uh, we have the Heroes with New Power... Blah, 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 blah. I promise I'll learn how to talk one of these days. Uh, Heroes with New Power banner starting on the 14th when the Wrath banner ends. Uh, this would be, what was it, Lucas? Uh, the four new her- heroes who got new weapons with the update uh we have a set of air quests starting on the fifth and not air as in the element air but as in the mythic hero that we got for free uh they start on the 15th and uh that's all of note yeah although there is a grand conquest but like i said that was all of note (laughs) well we did get a new calendar which uh tells us everything going on in the game until mid-june unless they have some surprises but you're right over the next week Kind of a light week, especially if you're not a fan of Grand yeah. Conquest. Yes, if you are a fan, that does start on the 17th. So we'll probably get the um, pre-registration tonight or tomorrow. Right, so now let's move into our topic. We've got a new story chapter to discuss, a new banner, Darkness Within. And before we get into that, though, there was a bug in one of our, uh, probably our second favorite mode outside of Grand Conquest, which is Ether Raids. There was a bug there, and we're going to be compensated. Yeah, I thought that was Tap Battle. Oh, yes, our third favorite. Uh, we have a lot of uh, fake favorites wait, wait, on the show. So, Ether Resorts, you mean, right? Oh, okay. Uh, our fifth favorite. <laughs> you make it sound like we hate everything they've added in the game, except Tempest Trials <laughs> and, vot- and Forging Bonds. No. Well, it's more that I don't really hate Ether Raids. I just don't think of it much. Like, I don't really think of Arena that often. That's true. I guess but it's just of, not Of for those us. ones, I mean... Tap Battle is definitely not for us. Ether Resorts is strongly meh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so. 
Well, you might like Ether Raids a little bit more because due to the recent bug in Ether Raids, the developers will be giving out 10 orbs and 100 heroic grails to all players as compensation. No date has been set for distribution, but it will probably be during the next patch that will repair the bug. Until then, the rematch feature in Ether Raids, which was the culprit, has been disabled. So look forward to 10 orbs for no fault of your own. Look forward to that. Eddie, though, let's talk about a new chapter, A Home Unknown. A new story chapter gets added every time a new hero's banner appears. Eddie, what yep, did you think? This chapter was just so amazingly meh. <laughs> it was kind of I mean, I mean, weird, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly it's a setup chapter for something coming ahead. And it brings up a lot of questions more than answering anything. It's like, I mean, it is this actually an alternate alternate asker is this where the teaser image of a dead sharina and a bunch of flowers comes from um you know is it just a recreation of asker and hell for training for the invasion not sure hell worries that much about tactics since you know the veronica bit bit shows that they're not exactly tough but they just keep coming back and they kind of overwhelm you in the fact that they never go away no, you're right. It's weird that they present this alternate Asker and they kind of allude to the dead leader of the Asker, which I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Leaf? For some... Leaf? Oh, okay. Leaf, Lif, L-I-F with an accent. So Yeah, we'll just call him Luf, if that's okay. Just to just call him Life, which is kind of a funny little Ooh. half joke. Yours made more sense than mine. Uh, let's call him Life. Uh, life... <laughs> Which is weird. Uh, yeah, Life, he... Uh, and that actually might be how it's pronounced. Like, uh, I with yeah, an accent I don't know over how it. that accent is supposed to be pronounced. I would have thought maybe Eve, Leaf, you know, but it might be Life for all I know. Well, mispronouncing things is our favorite thing to do on this show uh, outside of Grand Conquest. So if someone wants to correct us on Discord, certainly let us know. But Life, he... It's going to be weird every time I say it. Uh, that guy... He kind of seems to be familiar with this Asker, and I'm wondering if maybe this is sort of a... He's, maybe he's just seeing Asker in this darkness, because he knows the Asker that we all know and love is still fine, but maybe he's kind of affected by it, because him being turned to the dark side, like, we don't know how it came to that. We don't know why it came to that. Like, is it voluntary? Is he is he under some sort of weird contract or or... We don't know. Yeah, and also the part of that is, you know, um, is the fact that we don't know why Hell's so hell-bent on uh, gaining more power. We don't know what her, why she's doing this. Yeah, you know? unless it's just... So we don't know for sure that he's necessarily the dark side, because in this one, he kind of shows a bit of compassion for Air when he talks to her, you know? Yeah. Like not not what we would normally see as compassion, but he's trying to get her to uh accept the life that they're living by telling her to shut off her emotions and ignore them. That doesn't but, seem like good you know, advice which, though. It to someone like you and me and Alphonse and Trina, no, it's not exactly good advice. To someone who is trapped and unable to get out of a situation they don't like and is completely powerless to stop or change that situation you know you 
and they have to endure this situation, it is not necessarily bad advice per se. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Like he's trying to get her to like kind of focus and maybe maybe work through the situation in, in a way that that is actually going to be constructive. I mean, it's not great advice, but maybe it's like one of those things where right. he's just trying to get yeah, her it's, through it's, it. Yeah, it's not what we would call great advice, but like it kind of hints that maybe he doesn't like what he's doing, but he knows that he is completely powerless to change everything. So the only way he can deal with it is just shutting off all his emotions. Right. Or trying to. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. And 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 we also got some... So the mysterious sort of alternate asker and how that affected Sharina, Anna, and Alphonse, that was one part of the story. But the other part was we got a blip of Veronica and Loki and how yes. Ver- Veronica wants to go to hell and that's where they alluded to how the dead just keep coming back like you can strike them down but they just keep coming back uh, yeah, uh like a continuation of what we saw in the early chapters from loki that you know the minion or the minions of hell are something that maybe she should not let just let them run rampant and kill aster because if they come after emblem next there's not going to be much to stop them so Veronica has since gone out scouting, found that, yeah, these guys aren't tough, but they don't die. They just keep coming back. And so she's going to try and go kill Hell so that they don't come after Embla. Yeah, it's it's an in, you're right. It's definitely set up. Do we feel like the next chapter is going to have some forward momentum? Because this certainly feels like they're leading to some sort of revelation, right? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think the next chapter or some chapter down the line is going to reveal what's going on with this alternate asker that we're in. And I don't know how much of a revelation or important information that will be for us, if that makes sense. It does. But we will have to wait to find out because we won't have new heroes. I think the new calendar mentioned early June, like June 10th was the next. So about a month from now. Yep. As I kind of hinted at earlier is that it does seem that they've, or maybe I hinted at this when we were getting ready to start, but Mm -hmm. um, it does seem that the game has set up its pattern for the at least foreseeable future with new heroes at the start of a month and uh, with usually with a grand hero battle with them and then five heroes in the middle of a month four on a banner with a tempest trial to for special heroes in the middle of the month because i think since february maybe march that's what we've gotten Mm -hmm. Uh, four hero banner with a forging bonds and a grand hero battle and then a four hero special banner with a tempest trial in the middle of the month which is where we got our new picnic banner from because right. it wasn't quite yet time for bridal but well we'll get there soon enough and we'll be talking about bridal in the very near future as in maybe after our topic here darkness within banner eddie kick it off we've got some fallen heroes to talk about yes uh this is the new fallen heroes style banner um, this one is more heroes who have a bit of darkness in them on their own type thing, um, whether they control it in their game or not. 
Um, or, although I guess Marita is technically a cursed sword that causes her darkness, but uh, the first unit is Marita's The Blade's Pawn. Uh, we start off the ban banner with the most well-known unit of the fur. Ugh. Well-known unit of the four. Wait, you mean you'd never heard of Marita? I have not. Well, she is a princess of a fallen house in Thracia 776, kidnapped by slavers and saved and raised by a mercenary named Evil, Evil, uh, E-Y-V-E-L. Evil you know, is how it's pronounced. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, she shows up and fights you early in the game. I think it's like chapter five of Thracia, uh, while under the control of a cursed sword, uh, before eventually joining you in a later chapter of the game. Uh, she joins Heroes as a Red Sword Infantry unit, wielding the Cursed Sword from her game. The Shadow Sword speeds up how often she can use her special uh, with a cooldown minus one and allows her to make all her attacks before her foe can counterattack if her health is above 50% and she starts the combat. So essentially if she initiates the combat and has more than 50% health, uh, she does both her or any attacks that she can do before counterattack. She does come with the tier 4 version of Flashing Blade as a new skill. Uh, this tier 4 version, instead of plus 1 to attack, gives plus 5 to attack and a boost to her special cooldown if her speed is greater than her foe's speed. Uh, she does also have Luna and Null follow-up rounding out her skills and to make sure she can get that second attack in if she is fast enough. Uh, that's what Null follow-up does. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, so obviously, as you mentioned, this is the only character in this banner on a game that uh, we can't easily access here in North America. But also, we were going to make... Easily, legally access. Yes, we'll always get that correction, and I appreciate the people who who uh, do what they got to do. But I think that it should also be worth mentioning that all the characters we're going to talk about with this banner, we have experienced this moment of their fallenness uh in a game club uh in, in even one in the near in the just the near past with corin and i thought it was really cool that this show we've been doing this long enough that we've come we've been able to experience a lot of the stuff they're pulling from and it's always nice when when, when we have that experience just throwing that out there yep until until we get an echoes version of the thracia and genealogy games won't be able to experience those ones though yeah, we, we definitely won't be able to, you know, give them the justice they deserve. But uh, Marita, the the artwork that we're given here, even though it is a, a Thracia 776 character, like, it, she looks like a typical sort of sword-wielding character from any sort of Fire Emblem you could, you could pull out. It's not generic. It just, it looks very, like a common swords, swords person. Yeah, kind of like... Um... Ira and other Myrmidons that you get, I think. I can't remember if Ira was a Myrmidon, but, you know, she wants to be fast with a sword. Smack, smack. This is, is a cool-looking sword, though. It's one of those, like, yes. giant, like, two-handed swords, but she's definitely wielding it with one because she's so badass. I'd have to go back and look, but, I mean, it's titled Shadow Sword, which I think is a recurring and often-cursed sword in the game. wonder if it looks like the Shadow Sword usually does or not in the games. Yeah, the there's the the sword in the Fire Emblem games I've been playing recently. The what is it? The, it's the Devil's Sword or Devil's 
The devil version? I know there's the devil axe, but yeah, they might have a devil sword as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. She looks really cool, though. I, I certainly appreciate her look and feel. And even though she is a character from a game I've never played, she still looks cool enough that I would I wouldn't have a problem trying to summon for her. But uh, in terms of her skills, like, do you feel like it's a like a solid outing, or is this is this one of those characters that kind of gets half the bag? Um, I haven't looked at her stats, but I mean, I think as long as you don't have a uh, minus speed, like I think I do, uh, you know, a speed bane, um, she's probably pretty decent. Uh, probably gets her double attacks and, you know, unless she has weapon triangle disadvantage or they're just really, really tough, can probably take out a number of people before they get a chance to attack. Uh, with cool. that tier four flashing blade giving her, you know, if she's quick enough, she gets extra damage and, uh, you know, with all those things boosting how often she gets to use her special mm-hmm. while using the special most every other attack most often. Do you, so, do you find that if a character has like a tier four version of a skill, like that's kind of like, oh, this person's got it going on or, or have we had enough tier four skills added to the game? That, that it's not it as... depends on the tier four skill true yeah because i mean tier four of the skills that no one cared about to begin with you know they might it might be nice and better than the tier three version but it's still you know giving a plus four boost instead of plus three boost to everyone within two spaces is not gonna be that amazing you know it's gonna be helpful and might have its instances where it is really good to have but more often than not those i forget spur skills i think it is Mm -hmm. often get you know people replace them whenever they get a chance right okay i think even a tier four version of that might get replaced it might get replaced less less often but it might still get replaced in that case okay yeah because it's taking a slot that's that's probably better used elsewhere but uh yeah yeah Good conversation for sure. Uh, Burkut, Purgatorial Prince. Evil Burkut makes his debut. Debut, I don't know why I said it that way. In Fire Emblem Heroes, alongside his sacrificed partner, Renea. The Purgatorial Prince is a blue cavalry unit wielding Crimeheld, where if a bow, dagger, magic, or staff foe initiates combat and unit is within two spaces of an ally, unit can counterattack regardless of foe's range, and foe cannot make a follow-up attack. But after combat, if unit attacked, uh, deals 20 damage to nearest ally. He comes equipped with a new A-slot skill called Warding Stance 4, where a foe initiates combat, grants resistance plus 8 during combat, and inflicts special cooldown charge minus 1 on foe per foe's attack. Rounding out his kit is Odd Resistance Wave 3 in the C-slot and Reprisal as a special. Uh, before we talk about the artwork, Eddie, I want to I mention here specifically, looking at this weapon... Um, in the fact that it punishes you for being near punishes your allies for being near them right so you kind of want to keep your allies away or else you might inflict damage on your own units am i understanding that skill that weapon effect correctly well i'd have to relook at the exact wording in the thing um i think the 20 damage only happens if he gets the bonus um and it's a nice bonus but yeah he hurts your teammates 
quite heavily. Um, and the A slot skill being a new uh, tier four warding stance, that's nice. But yeah, he it's something we've seen with the um, hell units. A lot of them have something similar, where they'll get a certain bonus, but it will either hurt them or uh, do something you know uh, else like that. It'll hurt them or hurt their ally. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a yeah, the, we know this weapon is broken in this uh, method, but, you know, that being broken has a counterbalance where you just cut a person's health in half for most of the characters. Yeah. Yeah, 20 is a big hit. Yeah, 20 is quite a hard hit. I mean, you're never going to kill them, so if they're already at one hit point, it shouldn't kill them because... Usually out-of-combat skills cannot kill units, but it, it'll make them pretty close to dead. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Corrin, as we'll discuss in a minute, uh, does not want to have low health for one of her skills. So no, it'd be dangerous there. Right, so let's, let's talk about the art, because this is kind of a new thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the fact that, that we have technically two characters in this artwork. That's something we've been discussing, and I'd have to probably go back and double-check the thing. It's kind of come up once or twice. Uh, you say it's Renea. From what I recall, that's not actually Renea. That's like maybe an image that Duma gave Burkut, or just you know some part of Duma's power that was taking the form of Renea to, you know, entice Perkut to stay where he is. And if you actually watch his um, forging bond stuff, he seems to be searching for Rania in most of his conversations. Hmm. So, so I whether that or not a... he just can't see her or what. I mean, from what I recall, when you finally defeat him and break through his uh, power maddened state, a, like, dead ghostly Rania that looks like Rania comes and accepts him into death away from Duma. Yeah. My my takeaway from Echoes as well as just the representation is that that is the sort of representation of him sacrificing Rania's soul to Duma. But again, I'm not saying I'm 100% correct. You you could be right. It could be some someone completely different. But it would make more sense if it was Renea, I guess, to me, logically. Well, that's the other thing, is you say he sacrificed Renea's soul to Duma, but he, if I recall correctly, he didn't sacrifice Renea. He was partially in his madness, and he killed her because he suspected her of going against him or turning on him. And from... You know, my recollection was that this fame flake Rania was part of his way of coping that Duma's power granted him. But the fact that he killed the love of his life, his fiance. Well, I, I mean, not, I'm not his hot wife, as Alpha <laughs> is insists on calling her. Yes, yeah. Because uh, correctly, they were not married. No, fiance. I'm just reading, so I'm looking at the about section, which I got to give it to Fire Emblem Heroes, the the guide website available externally from the game actually offers some really cool tidbits and it does this does not solve the conversation we're discussing but uh Burkut, so the sorrow uh 
the sorrow. Why are you skipping around? Anyways, in his madness, Burkut gave in to dark temptations and soon did the unthinkable. He offered the soul of his fiancée, Renea, to the fell god, Duma, in exchange for power. So, that doesn't... Okay, I guess he did sacrifice her. Yeah, I mean... But it doesn't, it, you're right, it doesn't solve. But I mean, it kind of does, it's hard to tell, obviously. It's a flame version of, of a female character. But it kind of does look like Renea, but honestly, you're oh, right, it could be anyone. I agree, it does look similar to Renea, but I oh. recall, from what I recall, that, you know, it's not actually Renea. It's either something that Duma gave him, or, you know, something that his mind created with his Duma's power that helped him cope with the fact that he killed his fiance. So we'll agree to agree. How's that sound? But I will say, though, that his lance with the super cool eyeball on it is super rad. So we can uh, can end on that point for that character. Uh, Who do we have next? Sorry, um... I was looking up Renia, and it looks like you may be more right than I am there. No, oh, it's all good. I mean, it's good uh, conversation. It says, it says, yeah, he offered Renia's soul, and she was resurrected as a witch. Whether the flaming person is the witch version of Renia on his shoulder or something else, I don't know. But it has been a bit since we played it. So, um, as we mentioned, in our new game club, we are doing uh, Fates. And in Chapter 5 of Fates... Uh, when uh, Makoto gets killed, Korn loses control and turns into a dragon. Uh, something long wa- lost to the world of Norn Hoshida. Uh, something they thought was long gone and not coming back. In the game, after the battle, Azura does calm down Korn, bringing her back to her human self. And uh, in the post uh, chapter discussion, she gives her a dragon stone to help control her power. Mm-hmm. Uh, here I figure uh, the way I explain, figure it is that we summon Corin after the battle was over, but before she was given the dragon stone. So she, you know, has no way to control her power and is afraid she will once again lose control and possibly hurt her friends and allies. Um, as a colorless infantry dragon unit, this version of Corin does come with Savage Breath, which, which grants her attack plus three. On top of the usual dragon boost of um, using the lower uh, defense stat if the opponent is attacking from range. Although she doesn't have disencounter to make it take advantage of that. Uh, it does also grant her a boost to all four main stats of up to plus six based on how many allies are within two spaces of her. However, unlike normal, it is actually higher the fewer allies near her. So it gives a plus six if no one's near her. Uh, within two spaces of her. And uh, plus four if there's one person, and uh, plus zero if there's two or more allies within two spaces of her. Uh, She has a new skill in the sudden branch of lines, uh, which um, is sudden panic. Uh, This one inflicts uh, panic, which turns buffs into debuffs on enemies standing next to each other who have less health than her. Um... So, essentially, if your opponent's teamed up, you know, standing next to each other in lower health than her, she'll give them panic. Uh, She also has Dragon Fang as her special, and Attack Speed Solo, which pairs nicely with her weapon, to round out her skills. 
Yeah, and I was going to say, with this one, looking again, looking at the art, I didn't realize that her dragon tail was, was visible in the artwork, which is really cool. Yeah, it's also visible in her um, little sprite character. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good art. And the other thing, too, is I got to say this, and I didn't mention it about Burku, but I will go back and say as well, is that the sprite art for Corrin has been making the rounds in the Fire Emblem Heroes subreddit with a lot of people putting, like, um, uh, gosh, what, accessories on. Kind of like, so one is, like, squirrels. There's a squirrel accessory, so it looks like Corrin is, like, having a rough go with squirrels on her head. Yeah, that, that was Mordecai, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the Mordecai other one was, um, was like, a hot towel, so it looked like she had a fever or something, and she was trying to treat it. And people are having some fun with this, and I noticed with Burkut his idol animation is him cackling and i think that should be default for all of these fallen heroes i think unless it is and i'm just uh, because i I haven't summoned any of them so i'm not sure i'd say that fits with any of the others no yeah you're right because burkut you know gave in to his madness he his hatred of alm as we just mentioned caused him to sacrifice rania to duma for power to defeat Alm. It's only after Alm defeats him, even with his Duma boost itself, that he sees the error and, you know, comes to his senses. So he's the one who it makes sense would be cackling because he's given over to gain that power. He's accepted the power. It also is noticed in uh, Corrin's discussions with him because... Like, in his third conversation with her, he shows up trying to tell her, you know, you shouldn't fear your power, you should embrace it. You know, I think he wants her to just accept that she might kill random people, but she says, no, she's going to accept her power, but she's going to make sure she controls it, not the other way around, type thing. You know, like, Rakut's far more into the evilly cackling than any of the other characters. Tiki's just kind of upset about being alone and kind of whispered sweet evil nothings from uh, Garneth. Uh, You know, Merida, the sword's controlling her. She doesn't want to be fighting the people she's fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, she wants to work with them, as shown by her joining up later on. But Rakut, of all of them, fully embraced his evil side you're right darkness within yes yeah it definitely definitely does that uh but yeah no i i really like the look of this character it's uh it it wants to go it goes back to the conversation we had last week about you know japan basically well nintendo uh, basically confirming that the female corn was canon do you think that falls in line with why they've chosen to give us the female corn fallen version um I'll go over this a bit more in uh, Speculation Corner, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't know why exactly they chose female corn over male corn here. Um, Maybe they just, you know, fan service. They wanted more female characters, as they usually seem to, Uh, because as it stands, Burkut is the only uh, male character in in the banner, and they do tend to pick more females over males, it seems. Not always, but it does seem that way more often. Uh, or maybe just they told artists to draw us a version of uh, Corrin 
evil corn, or not necessarily evil corn, but you know, draw us this version of corn, and they like the female corn better. Yeah. And they had an artist draw a male one that we'll never see the light of day, possibly. Don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but I, I think it's it's fine. I I I have no preference in terms of male or female corn robin insert you know character here that is presented as both male and female um but yeah no i i really i really dig it i really like the art on this one and i think that her kit sort of backs that up as well another colorless dragon good stuff uh speaking of another colorless dragon we have tiki torbid torp torpid dragon Hailing from the recent Game Club phenomenon, Shadow Dragon, Tiki Torpid Dragon floats onto the scene as a colorless armored dragon unit, wielding raising breath, effective against dragon foes. Unit can counterattack regardless of foe's range. If foe's range equals 2, calculates damage using the lower of the foe's defense or resistance. She also comes equipped with a brand new C-slot skill, Solitary Dream, where at at start of turn, if unit is adjacent to only dragon allies, or if unit is not adjacent to any ally, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus four to unit, and unit can move one extra space. Completing her kit is Ignis as a special brazen attack slash speed three in the A-slot and special fighter three in the B-slot. Um... This seems like a really strong character. Yeah, um, especially with that uh, C skill there. If you have her in a dragon team or, you know, if she's out on her own, which if she's the only armored unit in a group, she likely will be out on her own a lot. Mm-hmm. She gets to move like an infantry unit. So that's pretty powerful. Um, she, of course, has the usual uh, dragonstone boost, which is the you know, damage lowered of the foe's lower defense, whether defense or resistance. But special fighter there, so she's going to be using her special a lot. And boost to her speed there. That, yeah, quite a powerful unit. Yeah, I really, I really feel that extra movement to armored units tends to be a game changer, specifically when you have this yeah. common idea that your those characters are going to move one space at a time. Uh, if you're not paying attention, it can kind of sneak up on you. Yep, and this is one that's easier to activate than most of them. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, so. Yeah, and uh, as we mentioned, another game club uh, sort of mention. This is the, the character we meet in chapter late in the game when we mentioned she's being controlled by Garnif. Uh, and, well, yeah. It's sort of controlled by Garnif, sort of not. It's kind of like... um. You know, for whatever reason, Bantu had to leave her. Um, and so she, you know, Garnif whispered sweet nothings in her ear, or evil nothings in her ear. And whether she was asleep when he was whispering to her or what, I don't know. She just is kind of in a trance. You know, not sure she's fully under his control, like he's controlling her, like the Grand Hero Battle unit, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Could, could be that he is controlling her maybe it's hard you're, you're right it's hard to tell but he's she's definitely not acting herself for sure yeah um like the main reason i say i'm not sure if he's she's necessarily under the control is that when bantu speaks to her she snaps out of it really easily as opposed to the grand hero battle unit in the game you can't talk to her you just have to defeat the tara 
which we'll cover in a moment. Mm-hmm. All right, who do we have rounding out these these fine oh. folks with our ground hero battle? And that moment is here. Uh, when you first meet Dalthea and Echoes, her ma- magical talent allowed an evil mage named Tatar to take control of her. She appears an enemy on the final map of Alm's route of Act 3. Uh, if you're smart about how you play, you can defeat Tatar and rescue her. Uh, however, this is a version of her still under Tatar's control, and she joins in the Grand Hero battle. She's a blue infantry mage with her weapon Death at five stars, which if um, I think if I'm recalling correctly is the tome she was using in Echoes. It grants her resistance plus three and grants plus four all, to all main stats during combat, but if she attacks, she um, takes four damage after combat, which also fits with um, the way Echo's magic works. Uh, she does also come with Glacies, Deathblow, and even Attack Wave rounding out her skills. And yeah, as a Grand Hero Battle Unit, she doesn't come with any new skills or overly powerful ones, although not to say her skills are weak, per se. No. But uh, it's neat to see you know another Echo's character or I should say Shadows of Valencia character, because we might get another Echoes, who knows, uh, present in this sort of banner setup, uh, even though as a Grand Hero Battle. But I guess technically any of these characters could have surfaced as a Grand Hero Battle, right? Uh, yeah, I think you fight all of them at one point or another. Well, outside of Marita, we weren't, I guess we're not really... We're assuming you would fight her. Uh, if I recall correctly, it did say when I was researching that you do fight her in Chapter 5. Oh, I can't you. remember if you have to not kill her or if you're allowed to kill her, but you do. She is controlled by the Shadow Sword fighting your group. Yeah. So, but uh, is an enemy. Have you managed to swap uh, or uh, grab Delphia up from the Grand Hero Battle yet? Uh, yes, I took um, a lesson from my previous two Grand Hero Battles and grabbed her uh, as soon as... I hopped in earlier today, so I have the three-star Delthea. Um, still waiting for what's his name, Har, to show up in the Hero Grill, so I can grab him. Oh, you missed Har as well. Yep, I kept telling myself, "Oh yeah, I got to remember to hop in and do that." And then I check in. Oh, he's gone already. Oops. And sometimes it can so. be you. You have to. You sometimes you forget. You know, I've definitely had that before where I've forgotten to do the Grand Hero Battle. I Um, think this is two in a row. I forgot with Pan and I forgot with Har. Maybe there was one in between that I remembered, but it was like, yeah, okay. No saying I'll do it later. I'm going in and doing it now when I hopped in earlier to do the story chapters. uh, I'll also mention, too, with the art for Delphia, she kind of looks, and similar to most Grand Hero Battles, she looks like basically a a color swap or a palette swap for uh, her normal character. I don't even know if her normal version is in the game i can't we remember have a in the game i'd have to double check exactly what her armor looks like but she kind of looks she looks like i remember her looking like in you know kind of in the thing before yeah not to say that's a problem color swap it just has the purple fire around her mm-hmm. and shows her attacking but i don't know I just I just wanted to throw that out there because I mean like I'm not expecting the Grand Hero Battle art to be amazing, uh, but most of the special banners this and this isn't a special banner this is New Heroes, um, the special banner Grand Hero Battle units obviously always look different, but this being a New Hero 
sort of setup, I guess I shouldn't expect too too much craziness. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's supposed to be, you know, not necessarily that different a version of the hero. I think if you look at um, possibly legendary Tiki's or another, you know, the other Tiki's, I don't think her outfit looks that different than the normal Tiki's, mm-hmm. young Tiki, but this is an alternate version of her, so... I guess she, you know, the Tiki character kind of looks like her, the legendary Tiki, like you said. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm all for new heroes. I think grand hero battle units. I don't often use them more than just making sure I get them. And like, like you said, Eddie, sometimes I forget altogether. Uh, so yeah, Delthea. I mean, it's a different artist, but, um, yeah, looking at the legendary Tiki, she's the closest looking. She's got similar hair hairpiece, uh, dragonstone on her neck and a cloak. This time the cloak's over up over her head where the legendary it's down. So yeah, it definitely looks very similar to her legendary version. Um, you know, Burkut's the biggest difference, seeing as, you know, he's got a fire lady on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So one of which we have no idea who it is. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, Demotion talk. Let's talk a little bit about who we think will get demoted because this is a banner that could fall into that category. Uh, What do you think? Um. Well, as with the Alm, as I kind of mentioned, possibly in Discord uh, with the Alm banner, that we saw that Leith from the uh, Beast banner last time got demoted. um, The Out of Gallia banner. Uh, here, I'm guessing corns most likely, because hmm. uh, I'm guessing tier four skills are going to be kept at, um, you know, kept to five star only for the time being. Uh, I mean, if they're not going to guarantee, you know, make sure tier four uh, skills stay at uh, five star only, Morita is a definite possibility. But looking at Tiki and Berkut's kits, I don't see either of them getting demoted. Especially with Tiki's new solitary dream and her built-in distant counter weapon. And, you know, like we said, uh, Berkut's weapon is kind of overpowered, but it has a big drawback, and I could see them wanting to keep that um, at 5-star. So, uh, there is, of course, a chance nobody will get demoted, but looking at their kits, um, Korn is the only one who doesn't have a Tier 4 skill. Uh, they all have sort of unique weapons, but, you know. Do we know, did the Fallen Heroes banner from previous years, was there a demotion there off the top of your head? Can you think about uh, that? There were only three units on the banner, and I don't think there was a demotion. It was Harden, uh, Fallen, Celica? Nail Robin, and Celica. Yeah. I don't think any of them got demoted. Hmm. But it, you're right, it was only a th- three units. Yeah, the fallen um, Takumi as the grand hero battle with it. True, good point. So. Well, we won't have to wait long to find out as the banner will end. I shouldn't have said that before I figured it out, but it will end soon. It'll end in the near future. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Well, as we mentioned earlier, it ends on the thirtieth. Oh, did we? Yes, we did. It's it's been a. It's 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 been a discussion. Well, uh, let's look at uh, the future. Let's not worry about the past, or in that case, the future. Let's... Quick note: I did pull up Delthea versus Fallen Delthea, and yeah. 
it does look to be the same outfit, but the, you know, coloring off of the purple flames surrounding her do yeah. make it look slightly different, but it does look to be the same outfit. Yeah, okay. Even the sprites look to be the same with the um, red eyes and purple fire added to it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, which makes sense, because... Yeah, no, it does do make have sense. A base, we do have Delthea Free Spirit, I think it was. I mm-hmm. forgot to read her epithet, so... But you're right, it, it makes perfect sense, because the character was literally the same character, just taken over by... I can't yeah. remember the bad guy in that Essentially one. Essentially, we Tatara. Tatara, you know, maybe the one mentioned in her. Why well, again? In your battle, <laughs> I don't. I, I barely read that stuff. It, it goes by so quickly. Uh, plus, I only did it once, so because I'm that good at clearing the level thirty. Anyways, okay, well, her her subtitled name kind of hints at who took over her. <laughs> making me look bad you're right it's literally right there tatara's puppet all right let's move on uh yeah <laughs> let's get into speculation corner because i want to know we've got the bridal banner coming yes. up on the 21st of may what are yes, we thinking uh i'm thinking that recruits quote-unquote hot wife as opera calls her uh may end up being one of the brides she would it would fit nicely it would be a way to get Rania into the game because, from what I understand, she was fairly popular without having to worry about whether her quote unquote weapon is right because she never actually battled in Echoes. Uh, so, we we don't really have a cannon weapon for her, so you can't really argue what weapon she should or should not have. Uh, and we are saying it's Bridal Banner because, uh, as you mentioned, there was a new calendar that came out and it shows the previous two bridal banners running rerunning in tandem with this new special heroes banner uh we don't know for sure that it's bridal but i mean it seems really odd if they're running two repeat bridal banners next to a brand new special heroes banner mm-hmm. but, um so i think that rania would is a high possibility it's definitely one i would like to see um, I've heard that the Heroes team does like to keep the gender versions of Avatar units uh, equal. So I'm suspecting that we might get a Groom Corrin. Uh, if we don't get a Groom Corrin for the Tempest Trial, I'm thinking that he might be the legendary hero, not, you know, end of this month, end of next month. Uh, but the only other guess I have is, you know, me being wish, wishful thinking and hoping for a Bridal Lissa. Oh, yeah. no, technically, if they pick an Awakening character, Lucina is probably more likely since there's a bridal Lucina design in uh, Warriors already. Yeah, I mean, but that, I think bridal is, or sorry, bridal Lucina has existed in Fire Emblem Warriors for at least uh, since the last bridal banner as well, right? Yeah, which is why it's not a guarantee that they would do Lucina. True. I was just saying, if they decide to do an Awakening character on this one, another Awakening character, uh, you know, Lucina would sort of fit. Of course, I think we've had two uh, with Bridal Cordelia and Bridal Tharja, so it might be a year that they skip Awakening. Yeah. I like I like your theory that we'll get Renea. I think that's a, you know... That's a cool pairing because you're right. They moved Fallen Heroes from earlier because we knew it was. It, it feels like it was earlier in the year, and to see it paired back to back with 
Fallen Heroes and Bridal Banner and kind of look at that. And maybe even Burkut could be the Tempest Trial uh, groom. I don't know. Maybe go full out and be like, yep, wedding of the wedding of the Fire Emblem Heroes. Uh, they finally get married, even though they're dead in their game. They can get married here. They could do some cool story with it. That might be cool. I guess it's possible, but it seems highly unlikely since we just got a Burkut. True. It, well, it's definitely unlikely, but it would be yeah, cool. Yeah, but it seems even more unlikely since we just got a recruit right now. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. It, it's, uh, it's a stretch. It's a far... I'm not sure if we've ever had two uh, Heroic Grail versions of a character. Uh Oh, yeah, you're right. Burkut is already a Grand Hero battle, is he not? Yep. Okay. The original Burkut was a Grand Hero battle. Well, crush my dreams, why don't you? <laughs> You're it's right. It's possible. Anything I don't know. is possible. But oh, don't well. guarantee you one way or the other. Anything Just, certainly is possible. It's unlikely. It's it's very unlikely. Yep. You you you've as, laid as out was, all the reasons for why it's very unlikely. Yes, as I was telling Opera, as he kept uh, hammering on in Discord that it should have been <laughs> um, Burkut's hot wife instead of Burkut as the unit. I'm like, you know, they could have done it. He said they could have done it. And I commented, yes, they could have also done a banner of nothing but Burkuts, but they didn't. That's not the theme they were going for. So, but what you're saying is, there's a chance. There is a chance, yes. <laughs> Can I just realize something? And maybe you, you and Opera have been have been inside the joke the whole time, and you get this. But maybe when he means, and you put it in quotations. And maybe that's why I put it in quotations. But when he says "hot wife," is he referring to the fact that Renea is the flaming spirit in the artwork? And like, haha, she's hot, as in she's on fire. Is that? Am I just coming to that conclusion? And uh, I think I came to that conclusion some point earlier in the episode tonight. Okay, so, so you and I are that, on. That our... may have been what he was going for there, since he kept calling her "hot wife." I'm thinking and he was. they never got married. And the funny that thing may is... may have been what he was doing, and I just was oblivious. But, I mean... Well, I'm knows. glad that we recorded the fact that both of us were oblivious. And Opera, feel free to just, like, say, yep, that was my theory. That was my thing the whole time. Um, because it seems like that could easily be the case. And I applaud you, Opera, for basically having that one go over our heads for the last uh, couple days. Um, I, I, I like all those ideas. I like this, this entire thought process. Obviously we will know in the next week or so what these heroes are and we could be completely wrong. Um, uh, but we've proven that sometimes we are completely right. So who knows what will happen? I mean, it's entirely possible that, um, opera was remembering echoes better than I was and thinking of having the hot wife instead of Burkut being the Rania witch version. Uh, but technically that wouldn't quite fit the um, banner either because it's darkness within. Mm-hmm. And that would be her being, her corpse being forced into being a evil witch type thing. But who knows? What if we just got Renea, but she's still in her sort of witch form and it's just like Fantastic Four style like Johnny Storm, but in a wedding dress. What if that was the case? That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, certainly that's one way to describe it. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap up the show here. Let's head through the Outrealm Gate and talk about 
Not something too far away from Fire Emblem Heroes, but probably the farthest we've ever gone to Degalia Lost, a completely different series that has done a crossover event with Fire Emblem Heroes. And both Eddie and I have jumped in to try it out and to summon four characters from the Fire Emblem games. Technically, uh, you're trying to summon three characters. As soon as I said four, I was like, that's not right. There are four characters from Fire Emblem Heroes in the game. However, you're right. You only you only can summon three of them, which are Veronica, Fiorm, and Marth. Whereas Alphonse joins your team when you've you've uh, earned enough badges. And you have to play with him enough. Well, no, he oh friendship points joins your team. But if you play with him, you get friendship points, and he'll stay permanently if you get enough before the end of the event. Which is still running. Which- really wasn't that hard <laughs> no it's pretty quick especially because this is a type of game that offers skip tickets so you can kind of and you can earn friendship points by going through and doing skip tickets and i think it's like 10 points per run and you need 500 so over the course of a you know two to three week period easily done for sure De- depending on what you're doing but yeah yeah for sure uh well we don't want to spend too much time on it but i do want to know what our feelings were on coming into this game and finally having some heroes that we recognize because Dragalia Lost is a new IP, completely new characters. And I think where Fire Emblem Heroes really stands out, at least for me, is the characters because I know and love them. I don't have to, I don't have to learn too many new characters. They already have this existing appreciation present, right? Because I've been playing Fire Emblem for so many years. So, how did you feel about finally being able to summon some characters that you knew and loved? Um, it got me to try out the game. So <laughs> well, yeah, it literally worked. It worked pretty well. I mean, it, I think the choice of characters was pretty well because, you know, some might have argued for more, uh, uh, you know, different characters. But, I mean, I like Alphonse, even if he's not my favorite of the Asker trio. Uh, Fjorm's kind of nice, and she was one that everyone has, and... Veronica definitely led to, to some interesting stuff over in the other game. And Marth being the one that almost everyone has heard of because of his his inclusions in Smash Brothers since, what, the second game? Or was he even in the first game, even? Uh, second, second game, game, yeah. Yeah. So that he's well-known, even if no one, if, even if you haven't played Fire Emblem. So it was good good connection and now that i've gotten in there the characters are nice and interesting that i actually might continue playing after the event's over so did you so, so. the game offered there was story which had cutscenes and, and dialogue well not cutscenes, but more dialogue and interactions but then there was also a couple modes which were different from other modes in the game that i played because i played a little bit of Dragalia Lost when it launched in Canada late last year, earlier this year, I believe. Because it, it didn't launch in Canada till after, just recently. And it's been out, I think, for over a year now, I believe. Or did it launch in September? Man, time is weird. Correct me if you if you under, if you you know the, the actual uh, launch I date. I do not know the actual launch dates. Okay, no worries. I don't even know when it launched here in America, so... <laughs> Well, I'm, I, I, yeah, not really important to this conversation, but I feel like uh, when I played it, my issue was that I didn't know or, or appreciate the characters like I did in Faye. But then when they brought these guys over, I did appreciate the game a little more. Um, but 
I don't, I, I don't know if I'll keep playing regularly, but I might check in every once in a while. I feel like it's kind of reinvigorated my, my love of, or like of the game, I should say. I'm not especially a fan of the, like, if we thought Fire Emblem Heroes was grindy, this, this game is literally grind. Um, every mode in this is, is a grind, feels like, but it's a, it's a tapping grind, so it's not like Fire Emblem Heroes where you just hit auto battle and you wait. There is some active combat to this. And I think that combined with, you know, Marth and Fiorm and, and for, I haven't gotten Veronica. We should probably talk about whether we got the heroes. But I feel like the active combat really does bring something new to my mobile gaming. Because it's really just been Fire Emblem Heroes and Twitter, <laughs> which isn't a game. But sometimes it is. Uh, but yeah, that's I, that's my current feelings on the game is that I feel like it's... It's a nice companion to Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, it's a nice companion. It's a uh, different, different enough that it doesn't feel like you're doing the same thing, um, you know. And the active combat, as opposed to the kind of potentially passive combat. Whereas, you know, if I have to run off and take care of something, I can leave uh, heroes sitting there, and nothing bad will happen, other than my phone might shut down or my battery might run out if I'm not paying attention to my battery or how long I go away for type stuff. Um, you know, and even if I do end up going out of the, if it shuts down or whatever, it has the ability to resume and nothing's changed. So if you're not doing anything, uh, heroes won't change on you. This Tregelia loss, once you start a map, you know, if you just stand there, um, if there's no enemies coming towards you, you're, you'll be fine. But, if enemies are on screen, they might kill you if you're not paying attention. Um, so yeah, definitely a different style of play. Um, sorry, I brain fart. What was there was more to the question? What else was there to the question? Well, I I, I guess I'm like let's let's go back to the summonables. Like, did you get all three? Did you get Fiorm, Marth, and Veronica? Because I still haven't gotten Veronica. I, Probably won't. I haven't gotten Marth. Oh, okay. So I've gotten Fjorm and Veronica. Got them pretty early on, and I think I've gotten like four Fjorms because as a new player, there were lots of um, rainbow sparkles, or what do they call it, wormite coming in fairly <laughs> regularly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you do get quite a bit if you play um, through a lot of the quests and, and stuff. And Yeah, I've started noticing part of that grind you were talking about mm -hmm. um, where, you know, I've got, uh, because of the uh valor rewards that you can get i've gotten alphonse fully maxed out on his uh mana circle or whatever it is yeah uh, but uh fjorm is somewhere around three-fifths of the way to maxing out mm -hmm. because i need to collect 10 of the special scales and 20 of the less special scales and it's like the only way to do that are these special modes which as of right now, especially with the Fire Emblem event going on, there's no one for co-op, and despite me being double the recommended strength for it, it kicks my butt. Um, and perhaps if you go in with a team specifically designed to fight that mo that mode, you'll get there, but it still kind of kicks my butt with my random group of, you know, Alphonse, Fjorm, Veronica, and a Healer that I upgraded to five stars. 
you know there's um, there's obviously a lot a lot to, to Dragalia lost and we're not gonna we're not gonna get yeah, to it all there's, here there's a lot of currencies and a lot of things to do to use those currencies and it's like ugh yeah it, it, I, I mean see this getting frustrating with how much you have to do yeah but in terms of a secondary free to play game I think it fits well with with the way I play but I mean to to kind of you know bring this full circle and wrap it up do we feel like this crossover was obviously I think we're both playing it so it worked it worked to to bring us as Fire Emblem hero characters over to try to to try Dragalia Lost and and maybe it's kind of captured us for even the near future as we continue to you know level up and and enjoy our our Fire Emblem characters in the game could you see them doing this again with Dragalia Lost maybe doing one yearly or every other year to kind of keep that momentum going I wouldn't mind it, whether the Dragalia Lost people would or not, I don't know. Yeah. Once we're in it just for Dragalia Lost. Um, and doing it too often might feel like a pandering. Do you think they'll ever do Dragalia Lost over in Fire Emblem Heroes? <sighs> you sound so enthusiastic. It's it's a hard thing to say. Yeah, of course. It's it's a lot harder to fit Dragalia Lost into Fire Emblem Heroes than it is to fit Fire Emblem Heroes into Dragalia Lost. Because, like you pointed out, Dragalia Lost is a new property. The characters in Dragalia Lost are the only characters that exist in Dragalia Lost. And Fire Emblem, there are so many games and so many characters... Um, I mean, let's say you're a Nah fan. Mm-hmm. Noe's kid from Awakening. How would you feel if all of a sudden you get this random uh, Prince Yudin, or whatever the base name for the uh, prince in the game is, joining Fire Emblem Heroes before Nah gets in? You know? That's true. Yeah, There's that's actually a really so good point. many characters in fire emblem that have yet to get put in that it's far more likely to piss off far more people to do to add dragalia lost characters to the game you know whereas dragalia lost they're making the characters as they go so if you decide to have a and they did a nice little combination i didn't know the world that we're playing heroes in is known as the world of zenith but they made a nice little story that kind of fits and makes sense mm-hmm. you know well so. i i think it's it's certainly something to look at and it's great to see nintendo willing to do that cross promotion more directly as opposed to just sort of some outside the game or even just a quick news blast so um we'll keep playing uh i'm not sure we'll talk about it here but we may mention it in the discord we may talk about it there you never know but uh certainly check it out if you're interested one other quick thing the other issue with bringing dragalia lost characters into heroes is that you can't really um match the mechanics as easily oh i see unless you're gonna make them you know specific dragon stones that transform into specific great worms you know there it's you know 
you're not going to get all of the Dragil you lost out of the characters bringing them into Heroes. Yes, that's a good point. Um, an- another good point. Well, sorry, you were going to say something there. Let's say, yeah, because like part of the storyline is the prince is able to transform into dragons and is able to uh, permit, you know, like part of his pact is that anyone who's working with him is allowed to do it as well. So, I have Alphonse turning into a giant, um, armored, flying-tailed uh, version of Joan of Arc. Yes. Because apparently one of their dragons is Jeanne d'Arc, a Joan of Arc-type creature. The, the character designs in the game are interesting. There's a lot yeah, there. Yeah, the character designs in that game are far more anime than even heroes. Oh, yes. There is anime all over that I game mean, oh yeah it's it's far more anime there are two chest sizes <laughs> flat or way too large yes yeah they definitely uh they definitely rock the anime there uh i did want to note though before we move on and wrap the show up that the music in dragalia lost has always been really catchy and cool and certainly to the locale that this game was made so it's very i feel it feels yeah the j-pop heroes remix music is nice oh yeah good in there it's really honestly if you're a fan of fire emblem heroes and you have no interest in dragalia lost it's worth the download during this event just to hear the theme remix between dragalia lost and fire emblem heroes i mean you could probably youtube it so maybe you don't need to download the game, but it's certainly worth checking out if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, I might even dig it up and, and put it in the show notes just so you can hear it. It's really good. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, one quick note before we head out. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been more uh, Heroes bios and stuff and websites popping up from Nintendo. Uh, you can find about that over at Serene's Forest. Stuff, oh, yeah. But- for three houses stuff for three houses if i didn't say that yes no you didn't uh that's good and i have noticed an uptick as well over reddit and there's been some videos and maybe we'll take a closer look at those and talk about them in the near future but with three houses nothing yeah what i saw was nothing amazing that we absolutely had to discuss which is why i'm just saying go hop on serene's forest and check it out but it is there cool beans check it out for sure if you're looking for every little piece of info coming out for three houses uh speaking of tidbits we're going to be talking about game club next week for outrealm gate that's right we moved game club into the outrealm gate because it is outside of fire emblem heroes we are going to be going from chapters 9 to 13 in fire emblem fates conquest so certainly do as i and eddie are about to do play the damn game and then let's talk about it and that's more of a threat to me because I need to play the damn game. I'm I'm behind. So <laughs> I got a week. Uh, I, I haven't made any more story progress since last week. I've been doing more of my gaming the system and using the Outrealm Gate in there to power, or no, Dragon Gate in that one to power up my units. But mm. I haven't made any more story progress since last time. Yeah, no one latched onto your DLC chat from the last time. So I think people have given you a pass. Could be they're giving me a pass. Could be they just accept that, you know, it's my choice of how I want to play the game. <laughs> yes, that's probably also the case. We have some very understanding people in our Discord. They're all all great folks. Speaking of which, you can find our Discord. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. 
Visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show with your thoughts on Renea or Dragalia Lost, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, eddie at drellfear, and don't forget to follow at thegamersin for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. Happy summoning.